When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network emergency edition i'm griffin youngs joined by christian volet as always and the wait is finally over for the avalanche to make a big move and what were the words i used on the last episode if the avalanche go and get someone we haven't talked about over the last several months i'm gonna be pissed but when you make a move like this i am plenty happy with it the avalanche acquire ryan johansson from the nashville predators at 50 percent retained salary in exchange for the signing rights of alex Galchenyuk and Galchenyuk I love you but that is nothing they got Ryan Johansson at four million dollars for the next two seasons for free yeah pretty good business work by the uh by the Colorado Avalanche I I do we totally called this on last episode where we spent an hour and a half talking about potential trades and all the ones we thought and we knew at the end that all of these ones that we just predicted none of them are going to happen and sure enough not even 48 hours after we released that episode, we were completely wrong, just like we predicted. So I this was a not I'm not gonna say shocking trade. Like it was just kind of out of left field. And yeah. it happened on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Right. Um, it's it this just came out of absolutely nowhere. Nobody saw a move like this coming whatsoever. No one saw it, and I just um, – I, I was I was asleep when the trade happened. I was asleep, and I woke up to four or five text messages from you and uh, a couple DMs on Twitter, and I was like, what the fuck did I miss? I literally went back to bed for an hour, and this is this is just craziness happening. But like you said, this, this was a trade for nothing for a player for a two-year deal at $8 million for the two years combined. Like that is – a that's just good business work by the Colorado Avalanche again. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was real when I first saw it because, like you, I had just woken up, like turn over and check my phone, and there's a little tweet from the Nashville Predators 15 seconds ago saying that they acquired Gauchenyuk for Ryan's. That's a Ryan Johansson, like the big one, like the big Ryan Johansson, like the one that's the center. I, I read it like six times. I was not sure if it was was even real, but it's just so funny. We've spent the last basically two months talking about how we just don't know how they're going to get a 2C. They don't have any assets to trade. How are they going to go out and do this? And then they just go and get one for free. They give up nothing in this trade and they can just either now keep that first round pick and just draft a solid prospect with it or go make another move now, now that they've opened up the space to 
go do anything. It is, it's just, it's good to know that even with Joe Sackick being in a different role, that the Avs still win all of these trades. Yeah. Like, I it's find, good to I know. Find it, I find it so funny that people think that like things are different now that McFarland's in charge. It's just, it, McFarland has basically said himself that the only thing that changes is other GMs call his phone now instead of Joe's. And they still talk about all these moves exactly the same. It's not different. It's still the exact same front office making the exact same moves when Joe Sackick was in charge. But for this offseason, at the very least, this is we talked a little bit about like Kevin Hayes and how the Flyers would potentially be willing to give up a guy like that for free if they didn't have to retain a ton. This is essentially that. Is just a much cheaper option in Ryan Johansson, who also has the potential in the Av system to bounce back into the player that he was with two years ago with Nashville. Now, two seasons ago with Nashville, where he had 63 points last year with Ryan Johansson wasn't great. 28 points in 55 games took a skate blade, the leg that knocked him out for the rest of the season where we heard that one before. And a lot of his career has been very much all over the place, kind of up and down. But I think getting him into Colorado is going to be a big help for him because in Columbus, it kind of seemed like he was going to turn into like a bona fide 1C. And then the Seth Jones trade happens, which brings him to Nashville. And he's good in Nashville, but he never really turned into that 1C that I think they imagined him being and traded a defensive player like Seth Jones for. And now you can just take a chance on a guy like this who's still only 30 and is now only going to cost you $4 million instead of 8 like Nashville was paying him. I think this really opens up some interesting avenues. It does. And I really, like, like you just said, Johansson is by definition and by production a second-line center. What was he asked to do in Nashville? He was asked to be the first-line center. So he's going to be playing the role that he should have been playing the entire time. And that's second line center. And at $4 million, that's a pretty good cost controlled option. Like you're not going to get a much better option in UFA. So I like the move. Um, My tweet this morning was more just shocked that it happened at 10 AM on a Saturday. (laughs) That's why, that's why I was like, Oh, what? But it's a good solid option. Like you said, he's only 30. He's his career high. What we say was seventy one points. That's his career high in points. Yeah, that was his third season in the league. His best. Yeah, like, his technically his best seasons have been in Columbus when he was there for a while. His third season, he had thirty three goals and sixty three points. His fourth season, he had twenty six goals and seventy one points. Since then, his career high in goals was two seasons ago, which was the twenty twenty two season, where he scored twenty six goals and. His career high is 64 points back in 2019. In 2022, he had 63 points. So basically, that was his best year two years ago, back when Nashville had everyone having career years and only managed to sneak in and get destroyed in the playoffs. Get swept by the abs. Uh, But I think this is one of those trades where it's, I wouldn't say it's high risk, high reward, but it's kind of just a middle risk, middle reward. Like, I don't think Ryan Johansson's going to come in here and uh, turn into a 40 goal scorer, but I do think he's going to be a solid second line center who's going to put up 50 to 60 points and 20 to 25 goals. And if you look at what the abs needed last year, 
JT Confer was providing that before the All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break, he disappeared and became the third line center that he is. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Johansson plays. I think he's like a really poor man's version of Gabe Landeskog in front of the net. He does give them a little bit of a net front present presence, which is much needed, especially because now, I mean, you did have Gabe and Val, but with Gabe out the whole year, it's just Val. Now you add Johansson in there. You at least have another net front presence. Yeah. And with Ryan Johansson, I mean, it's worth saying that like, this is not the sexiest option for, for 2C. It feels very safe words you you pretty sure you know what you're going to get from ryan johansson is he gonna have 28 points again this year probably not is he gonna get back to the 73 points back from his fourth season in the league probably not the results are probably gonna lie somewhere in the middle and i think what you want out of a 2c like ryan johansson 50 points i think is a very fair floor i would say you'd I'd like to get to the end of the season and see Ryan Johansson with at least 50 points if he plays all 82 games. Hopefully above that, but I think if you're getting 50 points out of your second-line center that you're paying $4 million bucks for, I still think you're pretty fine with that. He's very average when you look at a lot of his metrics in terms of driving play. He's very middle-of-the-road, expected goals, actual goals. Most metrics you look at have him just kind of comfortably in the middle. Is it going to move any needles? No, but it gives you more opportunities to also save money at the center position and acquire a guy who's going to give you more depth. Is he Elias Lindholm? No, but you don't really need Elias Lindholm. I think Ryan Johansson is going to be a welcome addition to this team. And also I think sometimes when you're with a team like Nashville for so long and a season like last year goes so poorly for you, maybe it wouldn't hurt coming to a team like Colorado with real Stanley cup aspirations and a very proven track record of getting players like this, who might just be kind of stuck in their ways with a team, bring them in and turn them into something better. Do I think that's 70 points? No. 50 to 60, I think that's more than fair. Yeah, I think that's kind of where you look at this trade and you go, it costs you nothing. You know the high-end potential of it is 65-plus points. And is there, what other than Ryan O'Reilly, was there another unrestricted free agent that you could get that would be better than Ryan Johansson? No, the only other option around this price range is JT Comfer. That's probably, other than O'Reilly, one of the better centers on the market, like pure centers. There's a lot of mixed centers like Barbashev. In terms of pure centers, it's O'Reilly or Comfer. And O'Reilly was going to cost more than $4 million. Correct. So you get a solid option for basically you signed him as a free agent. And it's going to be, I'm interested to see what the Avs do with him because who's going to be his line mates? I think we'll figure that out as we get closer to the season. But like you said, his metrics don't really show that he's going to be able to drive a lot of offense. Uh, he really thrives off people driving the offense for him. So is that Miko Rantanen on his wing? Is that is that who who's going to be on his wings? And we saw him with Duchesne and Forsberg. He was really solid. So if you give him some solid options, he can produce. Yeah. We also 
you look at his line mates from last season, you can't even name them because they were so all over the place from start to finish with a team that I think had more expectations than what they ultimately finished up with last season, especially when Johansson was playing up until the trade deadline before he ended up slicing his leg. And consistency is a big thing. And when your line mates are changing pretty much every single game, you can't get comfortable. And I think you bring him into Colorado, you stick him on, you stick him in the middle of, let's say it's Val Nachushkin. I think saving this much money instead of spending five to six million on a second line center and instead paying four opens the door to bring back Evan Rodriguez. So let's just say it's those two. It's Erod and Nachushkin on his wing, and that's the plan. I think that's perfectly fine. I think he's going to do great with that. And like we said, you can break this down as much as you want and look at his metrics and look at his point production. At the end of the day, this was free. You gave up nothing for this. And if Ryan Johansson is not a 2C, because I've seen that argument that he this is not really solving your 2C problem. I personally disagree, but let's just say that doesn't happen. You can still do that because you didn't give up anything to do this. Let's just say you go into the season and Ryan Johansson, for some reason, just fits better on the third line. You can still go at the trade deadline and go acquire a more high-end second-line center, and now you have this incredible thing called center depth, which a lot of Stanley Cup champions use to win. Yeah, it comes in handy. And with the salary cap going up a little bit more, in two years, $4 million for a third-line center is actually going to be probably about where it's at. Like, Let's be honest. That's probably where it's going to be at. Um, so I completely agree with you. You still have the little assets we have. We still have them because you gave up Alex Galchenyuk, who was a PTO that you signed last year. I like another example of this management group turning nothing into a much bigger asset. We saw it with Dryden Hunt as a waiver claim last season, turning that into Dennis Morgan. And then they turn a PTO of Alex Galchenyuk just taking an absolute flyer on a guy who got hurt in training camp and was not even available until December and did not even score a point when he played with this team and was in the AHL all year, turning that into Ryan Johansson at $4 million. They just keep finding ways to do stuff like this. That's why we're not in charge because we don't think of things like this. I see second line center gap. I'm like, okay, how can I overpay to solve this? Yeah, did you see that one? I forget who it was. Someone commented on uh, one of our tweets. Yeah, says, you like, guys way like, overpaid for all those. Yeah, you I was guys like, way overpaid. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why we're sitting behind two microphones talking about it because we're fucking idiots. Um, but it, that made me chuckle because it's like, dude, I know just as much about the trades as you do. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, you're um, right. It's almost like we made it up. Yeah, so... I, I completely agree with you that this management team, once again, has just proven that they are smarter than you think. And if you look at it from the Nashville side, I, I'm, a lot of people are going to say that um, I was one of those people. I was like, this is a dumb trade for them. But then you were like, no, they get that off the books and this team can actually play their young guys and only have to pay $4 million. And they're actually starting to rebuild, which is what we've been asking Nashville to do for the past five years. Yeah, I think Barry Trotz is coming in here and he wants to put his own stamp on this team. And right now, by saving that $4 million, I mean, you can almost look at it as a buyout. You're paying Ryan Johansson to not play for you and instead go play for a division rival. But what really was Ryan Johansson going to be bringing this Nashville team anymore at the stage that they're at, which is very much a crossroad at $8 million 
not only is it opening up the room for the younger guys to go play, like guys who really proved themselves towards the end of last season, if Nashville wants to get aggressive this season and really speed this thing up and get back into competition, they have now have $19.5 million in cap space, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, three third-round picks, three fourth-round picks, three second-round picks in next year's draft, and a 2025 first that they got from the Lightning. They're putting themselves in a fine spot right now. That's not even – can you imagine what they're going to get if they trade Soros? Yeah, like they're putting themselves – like Nashville, if they really tear this thing down, they're not going to be bad for long. mm -hmm. Barry Trotz is going to have a lot to work with. And yeah, they got the signing rights to Alex Galchenyuk. Would be very funny if he doesn't even sign and then we can just sign him right back anyway. That would be great. That would be hilarious if that happens. But even still, it doesn't change anything for Nashville if Galchenyuk signs or not. Because when you're rebuilding, everyone looks at that as like, okay, you got to trade every player for a first. When you have contracts like Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, which for a long time have kind of anchored this team, the $8 million for Ryan Johansson just doesn't cut it. That He's not worth $8 million. That's why they're retaining half for him to play for us while not getting anything back. It clears out room. It lets guys come up into the lineup and saves you a lot of money because now the only player making above $2.8 million on the offense is Matt Duchesne, who makes eight. The next highest paid player on their forward group is Colton Sissons at 2.8 right now. What about Forsberg? He's hurt. He's not on here, but yeah, you're totally right. I was told I forgot about Forsberg, but yeah, he makes eight (laughs) and a half. So they have two players making above eight. But after that, they have two players making eight, and then it's Sissons at 2.8 after that. Yeah, no, they're they're going to rebuild, and this is the way you do it. It's the smart way to do it. They have a ton of draft picks. They're going to have a ton of cap space, and – I still like. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Duchesne's moved at some point in this right in this yeah. season. I mean, like, I I think they need. Me. I think they need to ice a team at a certain point. And like with Duchesne with three years left, I don't think anyone's going to bend over backwards to go do that. And if they do that and do the exact same thing, then they can't retain players anymore because they're retaining on Mateus Ekholm, and now they're retaining on Johansson. If they go and retain on Duchesne, then they how much can- are they retaining on Ekholm? Is it fifty? I don't think it's 50, but it, it's, it doesn't matter. It's enough that they have yeah. to, to hold on to it. They're retaining only 250,000 on his contract for the next three years, which almost makes you wonder why they even bothered. But how much is that? They were, yeah, they retained 250,000 on a, on a 6,250,000 contract. It makes you wonder why they even bothered, but yeah, it's okay. still take it's still taking up a valuable uh, retained salary space for them for the next three years. And Johansson's for the next two years. Do you know they're Fair. still? Do you know they're still paying Kyle Turris two million dollars until twenty twenty eight? That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. Good for Kyle Turris, man. God, that's great. God, the buyout got. Was he bought out or did he retire? He he got bought out. Yeah, that's respect, Kyle Turris. Yeah. Respect, brother. So you can tie that back into Ryan Johansson and how they really expected him to be a one C. They signed Matt Duchesne. They make the Kyle Turris trade, which worked out pretty nicely for us, and. At the end of the day, Ryan Johansson's not a 1C. We'll see if he can be a 2C on a Stanley Cup contending team. I don't think it's a slam dunk that he is, but I trust the Avalanche's pro scouting, which is probably one of the strongest parts of this organization. When's the last time the Avs made a trade and it didn't work out? Like a long-term one? The... hmm. 
there's been like some trade deadlines, like a guy you get for half a season that maybe doesn't work out all. Yeah, too, I mean, I mean, like Patrick like, Nemeth, Carl Soderberg, but you didn't trade like right. You didn't trade for those guys expecting them to contribute. Like when you when I look back on the trades of players you expect to contribute, you got Josh Manson, won a Stanley Cup. Arturi Lekkinen won a Stanley Cup. Nazem Kadri won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> like Devon Daves won a Stanley Cup. Like the Avs know what they're doing in these trades. Like Georgiev last year, yeah. they saw something that no one else saw in him, and Georgiev turned into a full fledged number one goalie for a team. They, so I, I trust seems, the development. Yeah. Like when you're exactly what you're talking about, when it comes to trades like this, like the off season ones you really have to go back to try to find one because I'm looking through it right now and there's just not a lot here. We talk about the Georgiev trade from last season, the Lekkonen deal, a guy who's still sticking around, the Manson deal, the guy who's sticking around. It seems like the only time you can argue they got backed into a corner and why they're making a move like this now for Johansson is Darcy Kemper when they just got completely cornered on the goalie market and the only thing they could do was trade Timmons a first and a third for Darcy Kemper. And then they went on to go win the Stanley cup with him. I mean, that worked out for us. I mean, mean, if they didn't win the cup, I think we're looking back at that trade a little more negatively, but they did. So it doesn't matter anymore. And then you look at some of these other ones from the past. You look at Burakovsky, Taze, Saad. They just, ever since this team has started competing, when they make moves like this, they don't miss. They don't miss on stuff like this. They're just very smart and they know what they're doing and they've done their homework. They've done their scouting. And who am I to doubt Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick at this point? Like, who am I? I got, they've given me a track record of nothing but success. So I have to keep believing in them. And, and even, even if this for some reason does not work out, you didn't give up anything for this. Right. You can move Johansson down to 3C and give it another shot next year. And even, like, let's just say, for example, another way this could work out. What if Alex Newhook breaks out this season? And I was thinking the same year, thing. And then next year you throw him up at 2C, and now you just have Ryan Johansson sitting at third-line center. Now you have center depth again, and now it's not a problem. Right. It, it it's It's going to be an interesting move. And I, I think it's going to work out. I think he's going to be the second line center. And don't go into it with the expectations that he's going to do what Nazem Kadri did two years ago. That was a uh, that was an outlier for second line centers. Like yeah. Kadri that's was not going to happen. Kadri was also way younger, and but was on a very similarly priced contract. Right. No, I, I was talking specifically just the cup year. No, like, I, know, I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's if you can get fifty to sixty points from this guy, that's a win. Yeah. That's a win in my books. Like that is what you needed. And because Comfer ended up finishing with what? Like 53 points last year. It was definitely a career high. I can very quickly find it. Yes, yeah, 52 points in 82 games. Yeah. But so if- I, I would I would say maybe eight of them came after the trade deadline. Like yeah. he was really hot to do the for a majority of the year. And then- I mean, if you finish with Ryan Johansson, you get 52 points far more consistently spaced out over the course of the entire season. I think that's a win. I do think one little caveat I want to add on to this. I would like to see them invest in a third line center a little. Maybe that's Alex Newhook. I'd be okay with that. But in that case, maybe invest a little more on the left wing third line. Invest a little bit more into the third line just to be sure that you have enough center depth. I don't know if that's Drew or David Camp or anything like that. 
I'd like to see a little bit more invested into center. I don't know if Ryan Johansson is just going to be the savior outright who just fixes all the center problems for this team. I think you need to maybe maybe like two and a half, three million dollars into your third line center. I think that would be fine. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50 10 leg reg for 100% boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Now back to the episode. Yeah, no, I mean, you definitely need to do that. And the, like you said, they have $15 million to, yeah. sp- to spend the rest of this offseason. $15.5 million still to spend. And let's, let's say you bring back Erod and Byram both at three and a half for different reasons. Okay, that's $7 million right there. And you've still got plenty of money to spend on your third line and your open spot still on the defense, which is going to be from Eric Johnson. This is an emergency podcast. We're going to have a normal podcast tomorrow, which we will talk about some stuff like Eric Johnson. For now, we're just going to continue to focus on Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Like it, the Avs have money and they have options and they still have that first round pick if they want to trade it for another player. Yeah. So, or you can just here, like, here's the thing. Like I talked about Igor Sharon Govich last episode, you can trade back with that first round pick, maybe get a second and another pick and then trade that second for Sharon Govich instead of giving up 27th overall and keep another pick out of the whole deal. I think we'll talk more about the draft tomorrow when we record. I think something like that makes sense. And now that you've made this deal, you have those kinds of options again. Right. This is, this trade for how good the abs came out with it. This is a great starter for hopefully an off season that we're going to look back on. And this will be like the third biggest move because it's, it's, it, it was so cost nothing that it would not surprise me if we look back at when we get to like August and we're like, yeah, remember when we got like super excited about Ryan Johansson that ended up being like the third biggest thing of the summer. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be, a interesting next couple weeks, but to get the ball rolling on this offseason, I think this is a very, very strong move for the Avs. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it over the last little bit. Since the Olofsson trade, like it got my hopes up that they they're man in the phones and they're doing some work. And again, this management group shows they're proactive. It just makes me so comfortable to know 
that this management group knows what they're doing because there's a lot of teams out there with management groups that don't. This is a move for where this team is at right now with not a lot of assets and any asset you give up hurts and is going to be almost irreplaceable in your system, whether it's Foodie or Olausen or your first round pick. Being able to go and solve a problem like this for free, they know what they're doing. And I'm very grateful I'm not a Canucks fan or something. Yeah. But to get back to Johansson, did you did you look at this? Did you see what his shooting percentage was in 2021 and 22 when he had those 26 goals? I'm sure it's not something I want to hear. It was 22%. <laughs> what was it this year, too? 14 He's still, oh, I guess he did score, still score 12 goals this year, but yeah, it, 14%. That guess, is absurd. I guess this is uh, me learning live that Ryan Johansson does not shoot most. Yeah. Of the time. 22% dude. That's Jesus fucking insane. Christ, dude. That's that great. That is, a, that is a shooting percentage for sure. That is awesome. But another thing about Ryan Johansson that I, I think is, uh, I think a lot of as fans have made me chuckle because I'm the same way when I watch these games. Ryan Johansson is pretty solid in the faceoff dot, but he's going to be putting on an ab sweater. So you can pretty much just guarantee the fact that he's either going to be kicked out of the faceoff circle or he'll be right around 48%. Yeah. Because that's just how it goes to be an abs. I mean, I believe his faceoff percentage is 60% was yes. what I saw. You can probably expect that to drop down closer to 50, but it's also just another upside to this deal. Yeah. Someone who can actually win a godforsaken faceoff because no one on this team can do it for some reason. Well, he's going to get kicked out of the faceoff. Like, yeah. Let's just be real. The abs get kicked out more faceoffs than anyone in the fucking league. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, but it, it's just, this is, like I said earlier, it, it's a middle it's not a big risk. It's not a small risk. It's just a middle risk. Yeah. And it could, it's going to reap a middle reward. It's and a, like you, it's a risk that you kind of have to take with a price right. like that. It's nothing. You gave up nothing for it. If this was, you gave up, let's say a second round pick or God forbid your first round pick for this. Oh, yeah. then, then we're having a much different conversation of, okay, this is a good player, but this is not a move without risk. But once you remove the price at all from the equation, that makes this much more defensible. And you can put on a different pair of glasses to look at this. Because, I mean, right. you look at a lot of his metrics. You can look at the stuff from, from Jay Fresh and all of the, the analytic stuff out there. Again, very middle of the road, doesn't take a lot of shots, sets up shots, but not a lot of chances. Another drawback to him is he takes a lot of penalties and he does not draw a lot of penalties. And... There are there are going to be things that Ryan Johansson does that pisses you off. This is not going to be a perfect player that just solves problems. If he was, he wouldn't be here for free. But that's just with like any player. You know what I mean? Like every player is going to come with benefits and negative. Right. Like, like outside of uh I'm trying to think of a player who's perfect in my eyes. Like whenever they do something, it's not even wrong. I mean, like Kale McCarr, like I, I really can never blame him for anything. It's like, yeah. oh, that was it's it's a freak. like when you watch Sidney Crosby, like the guy very rarely does things wrong. He does right. things on both sides of the ice that are just damn near perfect. Yeah. And Ryan Johansson is not one of those players. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to drive you crazy. There were moments when I would fucking curse out Nazem Kadri when he was on the abs. Yeah. But then the, at the, the end of the day, the good outweighed the negative. And that's why I think Ryan Johansson will do for us. I think yeah. the good's going to outweigh the negative. He's going to be a solid contributor to a team that's looking to bounce back from a disappointing first round playoff exit. And at worst case, dude, 
it this is going to result in Nathan McKinnon play, not playing 28 minutes a night. It will right. result in him playing 24 to 23 minutes a night. Look, at, the, at, the end, at the end of the day, you need centers. You can't win the Stanley Cup without center depth. You can try, but you might win a round, maybe two. If you don't have good center depth, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. I think the Avalanche, they tried to get away with it last year just because they had so much talent. They couldn't even get out of the first round without depth, let alone center depth. A move like this in a vacuum doesn't solve all of your problems, but it gives you the opportunity and the money and the assets to fill out the rest of your roster and give you depth. And I would really like for them to address third line center maybe a bit more now, you know, shows how much I can be satisfied. No, they actually get their second line center. I'm like, okay, now go get a third line center. Another interesting part of this deal is that uh, both Bednar and McFarland were connected to Columbus when they got Ryan Johansson. I believe McFarland was the assistant general manager. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I didn't see anything about Bednar, but I did see that about. Well, he was the coach of the the Lake Erie Monsters, wasn't he? Oh, that's right. That's right. I I, I don't think. No, Johansson was not on that team when they won the call. That was like 2016. No. But he was there, I believe, 2012, 2013, back when he was dealing with them a little bit. I might be off base on that a little bit. But uh, he would at least have some familiarity with Ryan Johansson and his system. So, I mean, it's another player that they would both be familiar with. It's both both McFarland and Sackick at least know the player a, a little. Yeah, and it's it, it's just a. Did I say Sackick? I meant Bednar. You did say Sackick, but oh. I I knew what you were saying. Yeah, I knew what you were saying. Um, that is going to help. I think Johansson come into this because he knows who he's dealing with, right. and the AB system is pretty forgiving for a lot of things. So, I think he'll come in. I think he may. There may be some growing pains, but also he's going to get a full off season with the team. It's not like he's getting traded middle of the summer. He got traded right at the end. He's going to be able to come in and start working out immediately with the team and do all that type of stuff. So I think this is going to be a, a solid trade where you just look back on it and be like both teams, Nashville and Colorado just made good business deals for both teams. And now both teams are happy with what they got. Yeah, I mean, I I can't look at this deal and saying that we're robbing Nashville because I think they're just taking care of business that they need to right now and really trying to restructure this team. I'm very interested to see what the Predators are going to be doing, not even just this offseason, but like the deadline, the next offseason, like UC Soros. They've got a lot of stuff to take care of. But for the Avs, this is just a real solid move. It checks a lot of boxes. It's not a one-year solution. It's a two-year solution. It's not over $5 million. You didn't have to give up a ton of assets. It's a good player. Ryan Johansson, for as up and down as he bid, at the end of the day, is good. And he's not 38. He's 30. You're going to have him until he's 32. And who knows? The Avs have a good track record with stuff like this, bringing in players that they identify that can fit in their system for cheap, and turning them into bargains. And that's what I think this is going to be. It's going to be a bargain deal. And it's, you look back on all those trades, like we mentioned, I mean, Nazem Kadri went from uh, an outcast in Toronto to he's making $7 million a year. Yeah. Like it, it works when you play with the abs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also funny with Nazem Kadri is like, 
there's probably a world where he's traded before they win the cup. And we all look back as like, yeah, but you know, Nazem Kadri, we tried with him and then turns into a folklore hero, wins the Stanley cup. And now he is one of the most beloved players in franchise oh, yeah. history. Yeah. It all is forgiven for those previous years. Because I, I never, I never forgot the the Ottawa Senators talk that everyone wanted Kadri traded to the Senators that off season. I didn't forget that. I forgot it. I, I definitely forgot about that. I definitely forgot about that. Um, but it, it's, I, I don't think this trade's going to like hurt the Abs, and I don't think it's going to benefit them a ton either. I think yes. this is just you added a good player to a lineup that is in need of good players to go alongside Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Val Natrushkin, and Arturi Lekkinen. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, this is a move that I think has to be followed up with maybe some other moves, but in yes. a vacuum in itself, it's really hard to have a problem with this. If this is their big get for the off season, maybe that's a little bit of a different. Our, yeah. our two, our, our mood on this will change if this is like the only move we make. Yeah. But like you said, I think this is just the start of what this off season is going yeah. to be. I mean, I don't think they're going to go and make a blockbuster. Like, I don't think they're bringing no. Alex to bring it or anything like that. That'd be but cool, but he's going to be way too expensive. Yeah, like that. that's a thing. Like, if you're Detroit and you have $50 billion in salary yeah. cap space, you can go and do that. But I think it opens up the moves for some interesting options in free agency. Or like I've said a million times this episode, you still have those trade assets. And now you're not kind of backed into a corner where you need a 2C and have to overpay to go do it. You, you didn't pay anything at all. You didn't have to do anything. Now you can go and identify players that maybe are a little more expensive and go do that instead. It's yeah. It just opens up so many avenues for them still. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it works out. I mean, there's, there's a scenario where Ryan Johansson is not the second line center to even start the season because they might go out and get another guy. And then your third lines, like if Ryan Johansson's our third line center, this trade is going to be even more of a win in my books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you can get Johansson as a third line center, that's fucking great. But I think this is going to be the first of a couple emergency episodes we do throughout the year or yeah. the summer. Like that, That's kind of where I'm at. I think this is really the first of like maybe two or three we'd end up doing. Yeah. I don't know about trades because again, the assets just really aren't there all that much. But I, I think – even for as weak as this UFA class is, it's weak in terms of top talent. And now you kind of don't need that much of that anymore. And you're able to fill out the rest of your roster. You know what I just realized? We talked about this a little before we started. What if they still go get Kevin Hayes? Yeah, and, I mean, they can still do that. And he, if Philly's really just trying to move him for nickels on the dime, now you have, if they only eat, 30% or 40% of his cap hit, that's still like, it's not going to hamper you financially. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, even five and a half, which is probably what you want that to be around, might be a little expensive for a second line center and bumping Johansson down to third line center. All of a sudden, that's a lot of money you got tied up in the middle. I definitely see where you're coming from with it, but that's, that's the thing about this is like, you can still do that. And like Ryan O'Reilly, you can still sign him. Like it's, it's what, $5 million-ish or something along those lines. It's the same problem as Kevin Hayes, but you can still do it yeah. if you want. Like it's still an option for the ads, right. and that's the exciting part. Like th that is the best part about this trade is you gave up fucking nothing for it. Absolutely nothing. So I, like it almost makes you wonder like why did another good team not 
if, if this is what Johansson was going to go for, like, are you not shocked that like, like a Dallas didn't make the call or someone like that? Like, why did they choose the abs? Other teams aren't proactive like this. They don't think right. to ask. I mean, That's the true. abs, the abs, they, they're always working. They're always manning the phones. They're always thinking of things. And yeah, it's always a question of like, well, why didn't, another team go out and do this for free the answer is a lot of teams just aren't as smart as the abs management at the end that's a good point i didn't think about that way but honestly man i think this is the first of many um like you said earlier we have a ton of more stuff to cover tomorrow with news around the league like it's getting hot it's about to be draft week oh yeah um oh yeah and to save all the listeners from a two and a half hour episode we figured we'd do a uh just a just a little emergency episode but i think honestly in my opinion I think this trade's going to work out very well for the abs. I know that people are going to think second line center, so he needs to be this, this, and this. I honestly think he's going to like be just solid 50 to 60 points, 25 goals, and we're going to look back and be like, he was a solid playoff contributor, and he can win faceoffs. I, I think it checks a lot of boxes for the abs, and I am not one to doubt Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick. No, so, not at all. I think this is a smart move from a smart management team for a good player. There are pieces that still need to fall into place to make this the best move that it can be. Ryan Johansson still has things to prove here. He still has to prove that he can be a top echelon player because last year wasn't great for him. Suffered a pretty significant lower body injury, you know, got stabbed basically with a skate and got some of his muscles cut. We'll see how he recovers from that. Overall, I mean, I I feel like I'd give this like an A minus, something like that in in that area for you got to give out a trade grade. I think B, B solid. I think that's just it, it's a solid move. It's going to get you past. You're going to pass the class, and that's where I think B maybe a B plus. I think in terms of the fit, I think Johansson is a B. I think when you factor in you gave up nothing, I think you got to bring it. You got to bump it up to A minus. Eh. I don't disagree with you. I, I just, I think B goes right in the middle of what I've been saying the entire time. It's in the middle. Yeah. So. It's in the middle. I mean, you got it for free. And if it doesn't work out, there are ways out of it. There sometimes you make moves and you give up a lot and then you got to get out from under it. And it looks like shit. Even if this doesn't work, you still have ways that you can get out from Johansson and you gave up nothing for it. Right. Right. Exactly. So we'll see. Um, I don't think I have anything else for this one. No, I think we're all good for this one. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs. It is podcast emergency podcast edition for any of the moves that keep coming down during this off season. We will be sure to pump out stuff like this. It's helpful. It was on a Saturday today. So yeah, I mean, that, that definitely helped. Yeah. Do you imagine I'll, if you had to work how much harder this would have been? Yeah. I basically have to come home and basically just get right on the microphone. Least helps today that happened right when I woke up. Right. And just can get right on the show a few hours later. Definitely helpful. Really appreciate them for doing that for me today. But as it stands right now, we will be back tomorrow trying to line up some some draft stuff for you guys to talk about what the apps could do at 27th overall. We're going to talk about Eric Johnson. I know we probably should talk about that today, but didn't really plan on doing this today. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. We're going to talk about the little reports of JT Comfort's talking with the abs along with Evan Rodriguez have a little chat about the Calgary Flames and uh, what the hell just happened over the yeah. last 48 hours with Frank Cervalli and every insider just absolutely stomping on the Calgary Flames fan base. 
for the last little bit. So we'll talk about all of that tomorrow. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode. Use promo code TELEDABS, it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at TELEDABS, it is. But again, thank you also very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs. <laughs>